Welcome to Nairobi Chapel Embakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. Greetings everyone. Karibuni to Nairobi Chapel Embakasi's podcast. This is where we have all our sermons. My name is Pastor Fred Alexander Oyola. I'm glad you're here today. May the Lord bless you. We've been talking about the song of King Solomon and we began this month by looking at the King Solomon and the Shulamite singlehood. Then we went to their wedding day. Then last week we talked about their marriage, especially the troubled years. And so today we finish by looking at the power of love. This is shown in Song of Solomon chapter 8. Chapter 5 to 7 talks about their marriage years, including the troubled times like we saw last week. Chapter 1 to 4 is generally about the wedding day and the memories of courtship and engagement. Second Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 and 17 tells us that all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. These verses remind us that even the raunchy and very sexy song of songs or the song of King Solomon is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness so that all of us, those who believe, men and women of God, may be complete and equipped for every good work. This then means that you have to read the book. You have to read it. I know some of us are like, ah, too sexy for my eyes, too sexy for my mind to comprehend. We have to read it. It's God's, it's God's word. And we have to read it both as a relationships manual with all its explicit sexual connotations, including see it as a love guide to our relationship with the God of heaven. I don't know how you define love. According to you, what do you think love is from the top of your head? I believe it's one of the most misused words, misused words in the English language. It is thrown around a lot, and I also believe that as a result, it has lost its meaning. The same word we used to say we like ice cream is the same word we used to say we like each other. Mm, Just think about that for a sec. Love has been defined as the following in our dictionary. One, an intense feeling of deep affection. Two, a feeling of deep romantic or sexual attachment to someone. And three, a great interest and pleasure in something or like or enjoy very much. Unfortunately, this is how we define love. We see it as an intense feeling, a feeling of romantic or sexual attachment to someone. We see it simply as taking great interest and pleasure in something. No wonder we say things like Fred has fallen in love with Caro. Unfortunately, we also say and even believe that since you can fall in love, then it means that with the time or when things go wrong or when life happens, then you can also fall out of love. Love then must be reciprocated. I dare say that this is no news to us anyway. But God, in defining love, does a better job. The best place to start is what Jesus tells us on the topic. If you look at Mark chapter 12, verse 13 31, this is what Jesus tells us. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than this. So number one, The number one place our heart, souls, minds, and strength must love is God and not man. In defining love, we must start with God. 
Let's look at John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. Jesus said, Jesus said, A new commandment I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. The number two place our heart, souls, and minds, and strength must love is other people. Other people like us. In defining love, we go from God and then we can define love to other people. John chapter 15 verse 12 and 13 pushes this further by telling us, my command, my command is this. This is Jesus talking, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this or no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Number three, we must love others like Jesus has loved us by laying down our lives for them. That must be in our definition of love. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 43, and 40, 43 to 48, Jesus says the following, You have heard that it was said, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to, to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Number four, we must not hate, but love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. So in defining love, we must talk about loving those that do not love us back those that do not like us, those that are persecuting us, those that have dragged our name down the mud, those that are not friendly to us. We must love our enemies. In defining love, that must be part of it. John chapter 14, verse 15 to 17 says, If you love me, keep my commandments, Jesus says, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Jesus said, if you love me, then keep my commands. So therefore, loving the Lord is keeping his commands, which then qualifies us for help from the Holy Spirit. Disobedience quenches the Holy Spirit, thereby we do not become fruitful. Obedience blesses us with the work of the Holy Spirit inside of us, which is then shown in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 to 13. Love is then patient, kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It is not easily angered. Hey, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away, for we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, though, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of this is, I was waiting for you to say it, is 
love. Finally, number six, the Holy Spirit matures us to love just as Christ loves us, as described here. We begin to bear fruit when we don't quench, when we don't disobey the Lord. The work of the Spirit begins to mature in us. Hmm. Now let's go to the Songs of Solomon how and how it points the power of love to us. We finish with seeing what King Solomon and the Shulamite show us about love and we begin at chapter 8 and verse 6 and 7. This is what the Shulamite says, Place me like a seal over your heart, like a seal on your arm, for love is as strong as death. It's jealousy unyielding as the grave. It burns like blazing fire, like a mighty flame. Many waters, many waters cannot quench love, rivers cannot sweep it away. If one were to give all the wealth of one's house for love, it will be utterly scorned. So number one, just like a seal is permanent, married love is permanent and has no exit clauses till death do us part. The same way death is permanent, love must be permanent in marriage. Mm. Number two, this love is so strong that the jealousy that comes from it, especially due to the guarding of our object, of our object of affection or our spouse, is as unyielding as the grave. The good jealousy, not the bad jealousy, good jealousy, you know what I'm talking about. The good jealousy doesn't sway or give way throughout the marriage. If you love your spouse, there's a part of you that just goes, eh, when they get attention from the opposite sex. Those jealous in our midst, can I hear an amen? <laughs> Jealousy, just like death, doesn't let go. One of the great signs that there's love in your marriage is there's just some little good jealousy in your relationship. Number three, love in marriage should burn as strongly in the honeymoon stage as in the latter stages of fulfillment. Its flame should never die, which means it should be protected from all little foxes, like we said a couple of weeks ago, all the time. This will happen with God's help, and with things like communication, dating, and praising each other all through, which will help it persevere through all in life. Okay? It should burn strongly in honeymoon as in the latter stages. Number four, love in marriage is so strong that it cannot be extinguished. So before deciding in it, single people, this is for you. I know we finished with you on week one. Please think hard, very hard. It is not supposed to be extinguished. Mm. Love cannot be bought by, by any price or wealth. So please, don't marry because of money. Don't. Money will not keep your marriage. It may help you buy nice things. Get a nice car. Get a nice house. Exchange cars. Get a second car and all of that. But money will not keep the love in your marriage. Don't marry because of money. Good money management is a blessing. So get me right. Mm. Let's go to um, Song of Solomon chapter 2 verse 7, which you've talked about and is the same as chapter 3 verse 5 and same as chapter 8 verse 4. Daughters of Jerusalem, I charge you by the gazelles and by the doors of the field. Do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires. The Shulamite strictly warns her friends as she's experiencing the intense love with a king that they are not to arouse any feelings of love until the time is right. It is a problem when you begin to date or courting and are exposing yourself to strong sexual desires before the time is right. 
The only time strong sexual desire and expression is allowed is in yes, just care is in marriage. If you're not ready for marriage, single person, this is for you again. Do not arouse or awaken love. If you're not ready for commitment to one person, do not get married. Love is commitment. So marriage is commitment. When you're making the vows before God at the altar, all you're saying is, in good times and in bad, I commit to stay faithful. In sickness and in health, I commit to stay safe. To, to stay faithful. In riches or in poverty, I commit to stay faithful. Love is commitment. So marriage is commitment. God is telling us in the Song of Solomon about love that one, love in marriage is permanent and it cannot be extinguished. Love demands permanence in marriage and nothing should extinguish it. Number two, love in marriage is healthily jealous. Hmm. Number three, love in marriage is as a blazing fire which will never die for whatever reason. Number four, love in marriage cannot be bought for any price. Love in marriage cannot be bought for any price. And finally, number five, love in marriage is commitment, so don't arouse it until it is time. To the singles, for the final time this month, don't arouse love until it is time and also know that you cannot buy love. To the married, remember, it's a blazing permanent fire which will never die. It's also healthily jealous. Remember also finally, keenly, how Jesus has taught us to love as well. He said, number one, the number one place our heart, souls, minds and strength must love is God and not man. So we must love him first. Our definition of love begins with him. Then the second place is our hearts, our souls, minds and strength must love other people. Then we must love other these other people like Jesus has loved us by laying down our lives for them. Number four, we must not hate but love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. Number five, loving the Lord is keeping his commands which then qualifies us for help from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit matures us to love just as Christ has loved us, as we have described in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 to 13. It is my prayer that throughout this month, you have learned love from this raunchy and sexually explicit book of the Songs of Solomon, the Song of Solomon. I call it the Song of King Solomon. I would urge you to read the book, to study it. There is quite a lot of richness in not just the relationships that we've talked about, but in also in our um, space with God, how we view him. There's a lot of wisdom in the book. Married people, it is a beautiful book, not just to remind us of the importance of sex, but of beautiful things like forgiveness and reconciliation and praising each other and communication. It is a beautiful thing. So married people, study the book together. Discuss it. Um, read it to one another. It is a beautiful poem that when you read it to one another, it just brings magic. <laughs> Trust me. Single people, it is an amazing book for you as well to begin just 
thinking about what this place, institution of marriage is all about. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord bless you single people who desire marriage. Just speak to the Lord consistently. Begin to pray for your spouse even as you wait as a single person. God is still the one who blesses us with spouses to get married to. A married person, please remember that there is help even in the place of trouble. If you are married and you are in trouble, this book begins to show the very beautiful things you can do in the space of marriage. For those who are thriving in their marriages, it is also a beautiful book to just continue helping in the space of marriage. May the Lord bless you guys. Thank you for listening in. And until next, next week, when we continue with our new sermon series for the month of March, may the Lord bless you, may the Lord keep you, and make his beautiful face to forever shine upon you, to bless you with peace, to be gracious upon you, and to help you to create wealth, not just for this generation, but for the generations to come. See you next week. Join us every Sunday from 11 a.m. at Trubani House off Airport North Road. Have a blessed week.